0: All right, I'd like to welcome everyone to this uh, forum that we're having, and I didn't ask Brian, but since he's just got here, I'd like to uh, begin with a prayer, and if we could all bow our heads and
1: Let's pray. pray. Lord, after so many years of not being able to gather together in this wonderful place, we're thankful for this opportunity for granting us as believers the opportunity to reassemble after missing one another for so long and under such unique circumstances. We're thankful, Lord, for this great opportunity. We pray you would bless our discussions this morning as we consider what we have learned from the past and how to better prepare for the future. We pray that you grant us wisdom and understanding as to how best prepare for the needs of those of our loved ones, our church our church families, wherever they might be, dear Lord, as we see uncertain days both in the past and in the future. And in all of these things we place our trust in you for you are with us, and we know that. We thank you for it, in Jesus' name, amen. All right, to start us off, um, what
0: I'd like to do is to kind of get us warmed up and kind of help us in, in unity, is what I'd like to do is, I didn't bring the tape, but so maybe about halfway through, those of us who are like anti-mask and anti-vaccine, I'd like you guys to move over to this side. and then uh, it's not that funny and then we'll move the rest over here um and then we'll maybe even split up the even a little bit further so i'll give you a little bit of time i'm just kidding (laughs) honestly that is not what this forum is going to be about it is it's not going to be about the efficacy of masks the efficacy of the vaccines natural immunity um, those types of discussions we've had for two and a half years. We're continuing to have them. Need to have them lovingly, kindly. We may not need to have them. That's up to each each individual. But those are things we've been having them when we're eating, and those, maybe on a local level, definitely on a local level, are good to have for future stuff. But that is not what this forum is going to be about. Um, we will talk about to some extent how we reacted as churches as individuals as leaders um, as different countries so that's what we're going to talk about we're not going to shy away from the errors that's or the maybe yeah there, there are things that I know as, as a Mansfield church that we underperformed on and we're not going to hide that I'm not going to hide that as one of the co-leaders as a minister and with uh, with the rest of our ministering brothers and brothers, Walter and Eric, we're not going to hide that. That'd be silly. It's not helpful to do that, but we're not going to be talking about these types of things. So I'm, as most of you know, I'm German, but I'm also Serbian. I, I have, there's, there's a little bit of a give and play with that, but as far as my, my German mentality will come out that I'm not going to be entertaining that kind of stuff here in this forum. I'll, I'll just shut it down. I have no trouble doing that. And that's, that's, I, I can be that type of uh, mentality as well. So with that in mind, we, have a, we kind of had a forum here. Uh, uh, Brother Sean from Norton wasn't on the list because I was trying to find um, – we had to get our list in. And Martha was uh, – Sister Martha from kitchener Strasbourg. She, she was on our forum committee. Uh, she was very active in this. So we, uh, we chose her from uh, that group from Canada. And then Brother Brian from the West Coast, and as an elder, we kind of wanted to have a variety of uh, people up here, and Sean was kind of a semi-last-minute addition, all the stuff was already printed up, but I wanted also someone from a little, not a smaller church, he's not by any means uh, super small, but there's, but it's from a different perspective as well, uh, and someone that was not in leadership, at least at that time. So we'll be, um, also just so you know, there is a... If you go on the camp website, you can go in there now, you can go on it later, it doesn't matter to me, us, you can go on and evaluate, we do want you to evaluate the forums that you attend. Um, There's a question on there, we're uh, trying to be honest, right? Uh, Only the forums that you attend should you evaluate. And then there's an opportunity to see future forums that you would want to see, and the results of the forum they will be only shared with the forum presenters Uh, maybe some of the positive feedback or stuff we can maybe we might filter to the presenters but initially only the forum committee will see those results so we can help plan for future forums so uh, with that in mind i do i do want to go over just maybe some of the results of the survey because they're kind of interesting there was over two hundred Respondents, maybe 230, which is a large sample size. I don't know if all, we did not ask whether all of them were going to camp, but 200 out of 800 here uh, by any statistical model, though this is not controlled that way. Um, This has 218 when I took this, snapshots. So uh, this is just kind of to get us a little flavor of what people thought. So this question here. We'll just kind of get started, um, and then we'll, we'll start interspersing some questions to the panel. Uh, do you feel your church, this is the first one, overreacted or acted appropriately? And you can kind of see. Oh. Um, Such a beautiful family, right? Tom? Yes. I heard you. Oh, that didn't make it. Um. I did have it? Who's the helpful person that said to. Got it? All right. Okay, so do you feel your church reacted appropriately? You can see here, if anything, and a lot of these, you can see that it's a, like anything, it's kind of split. Over 50% thought the church reacted appropriately. So um, then you can kind of see, even in Canada, 75% said it was appropriate or underreacted. Uh, so there's obviously a different culture uh, the U.S. culture is definitely more um, freedom, guns, and you know, don't tell me what to do type stuff. So you kind of see that mentality shown here, or shown just the thought process. That's not a judgment. It's just it is what it is. That's just a different it's different cultures. We'll talk about a little bit about that. Um, do you feel that each age group was looked after physically, emotionally, spiritually by your local church? And you can see here it was uh, yes overall, but there was. No was 27%. And then, um, do you personally feel neglected by your church? And this, I thought I said initially church leadership, but, you know, there was, there was uh, this was just the church in general. And you see 81% didn't, which was good. But 16% said yes. That's, that's not a small number. Um, 1%, you know, remember when Jesus had that, when he was going after the lost sheep, this, he went after one sheep and left the 99. So we can never say 16% is collateral damage, you know, fend for yourself. So these are some things we'll talk about, some lessons learned. Um, Do you personally feel neglected with 16%? Um, Did your church leaders reach out to you during the pandemic? Yes, was 51%. No, a clear no was 35%. And in these, a lot of these in this this area here were... I was in church leadership, no, it didn 't matter to me. Not everybody reached out, which i don 't think everybody needs to reach out. most many churches that are, have paid ministry, you only have one person that reaches out it 's a little bit uh, it's a little bit i don 't want to say what it is, but to expect every minister to go talk to them that's somewhat needy, borderline needy because I think one should be sufficient, but again, we all have diversity right so we 'll go. I think we should start with some questions, and uh, so we'll start off with this. Kind of to anyone who wants to uh, chime in, um, what did you guys? We're going to do some softball questions to get everybody going. But what did your guys' church do to compensate uh, during the shutdown, uh, when, or when you were limited, limited capacity? And we know that most churches they did shut down for six weeks. That's probably or six or eight weeks, pretty much. That was standard across the board. Uh, there was uh, masks were pretty much in most churches for at least for a time period. And then uh, seating was, uh, there was uh, physical distancing. What other things, uh, Sean, did you guys do in, in Norton? What, 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 what did you find?
2: Yeah, so something that we talked about um, kind of leading up to this forum was just, you know, what was, what was different? What was unique? Am I on? Can you turn up a little bit? I'm getting a few of these. So in terms of what our church tried to do during that time uh, was think of everybody and all the parties involved. So I'd say something that might have been uh, overlooked maybe the first week or two was the Sunday school. You know, the young kids, if they're sitting at home and trying to you know pay attention to your television, essentially, if that's how you were casting it. Um, and so we had some, some of our younger sisters that came up with, you know, puppet shows and, and the stories and, and basically included everybody in that. Um, what was, I thought, unique about that is that during church in a normal sense— you're separated, right? Adults might have one class. You've got Sunday school in another class, um, and, and then throughout the morning, eventually we come together. But this was a time when everyone was together throughout, and sitting there with our children, being able to talk to them about, you know, what might have come up in a Bible class, their part that's a little bit younger focused, and then you know the message and being able to talk about that together, um, and then we closed it usually with kind of like a fellowship time as good as you could. Um, so I think a lot of folks probably did something similar. And um, that was really nice just to be able to see people that, you know, for a time period you couldn't.
0: Martha, anything?
3: So you want to know, you want to, it's turned on. We, can you hear me now? Yeah, we can. Okay. Um, You want to know what we did unique or you want to know what happened? Unique
0: or, unique, uh, differently from what Sean would have happened in his church that you maybe did. Okay,
3: so, um. First of all, just to clarify here, yes, I'm supposed to represent the Canadian churches. That is impossible to do. And for those of you who do not have a connection with any Canadians, can I just tell you right now, our experience has been totally different. So um, I will try not to speak through my emotions. (laughs) I will speak through what actually happened or what we did. Um, But we did a lot of the same things as you guys. We had Zoom Bible class, the biggest Bible classes we've had for years. And it was really nice because it wasn't just our church. We had other churches uh, join in, other people joined in from United States, um, Canada. And I think that Bethany joined in a couple of times as well. There you are. Yes. Um, So we had some Brazilians every once in a while. And it was really nice to be able to see people. So we did that. We had live streaming, which was incredible. We already had live streaming set up, but um, we went the extra mile. And we did include, I, I appreciate those of you ministers that did extra things for the kids in your sermons, incorporating it, using um, object lessons or telling stories that also included them. At the end of the the sermons they had... Um, like, Sunday school lessons that the kids could go through, or during the, the sermon, there were questions that the kids could follow along with, and that was good because it included everybody. We had, um, like, a special number time after the services, which was very, was very touching because we could finally see each other. We could see each other's faces. You could see the other families that we hadn't seen for a while, um we had a a video that was done with all of our senior citizens, and they would just stand there and wave or say, you know, we miss you, hello, and that was nice to see because they didn't do special numbers. You know, senior citizens, they don't like doing the special numbers and have it broadcast to everybody, but they were willing to stand there for a picture. So we have this beautiful video of all of them sending their greetings to everybody. Um, We... For a time, we were broken down to just groups of 10. So we had uh, groups of miscellaneous 10 people, random 10 people, that would come for different groups during the day on Sundays and other times during the week just to have fellowship with different people. Uh, One other thing I'll mention, too, for our services, uh, they also pulled in other brothers. Not just the ministering brothers were online, so we got to see at least one more person every week, and that was important because Canada at that time was very strict. They were, um, they didn't want you doing going anywhere, seeing other people, don't no no interaction, you know. And so it was, it was difficult at the very beginning there to be able to to look at others. So seeing another face was was amazing. Um, we did have lots of. Uh, small group things during the week as well in the groups of ten cfg oh my goodness this i wish i would have been in cfg we had some great things and i did i was in the background i wasn't on the screen when they were doing things but one of the the um activities they did that my kids loved was they had a baking night so they were given the recipe ahead of time and we have two uh... sisters in the cfg that went to chef school so they walked all the kids through making this amazing chocolate cream roll and they were all together and and they did each step together and you could see each other on the screen and they loved it they did a really good job of keeping the kids connected Um, yeah so we did a lot of the same typical things that most churches did but we had to we had to adjust according to canadian guidelines
1: Brian. Yeah, I wouldn't want to be redundant. Uh, appreciate everything that Spence said, but taking a slightly different view of the activities that were going on from an administrative perspective was I was very excited about the creativity that I saw coming from the various department heads, whether it was Sunday school or, or video, which we'd never had before in our church. I mean, everybody just jumped into, I don't want to say panic mode. It wasn't that, but the creativity... And the investment that needed to take place, all that was happening just so quickly. I think we had, in our case, I think we had um, uh, live streaming in the first week. Uh, and we didn't have any cameras. We had no equipment. And yet, the next Sunday, it was up and ready to go. So amazing how the church came together.
0: Thank you. Uh, in Bansfield, one of the unique things we did was, and I think uh, I know uh, Kitchener did it as well, we went around and did... Uh, Took photographs of whoever at the retirement center and any families that we try to coordinate, try to get as many as we could that would be willing. We missed some people; it wasn't perfect. um, As I found out from one of the surveys, that they weren't asked, Uh, so that was help. But we didn't. We tried to get everybody. So we had at the end of one of the sermons, we had a slideshow of the brothers and sisters, and that was neat because we hadn't seen each other for four, five, six weeks. Uh, That was very, very touching and emotional, and uh, it was nice. Those that went out to take the pictures to see everybody, and there was interaction while they were out. On the, it was usually the porch pictures or something like that. So that was uh, very nice. Um, also, our young people, I think, for one of the youth groups, or, uh, they went. Uh, since we were definitely, we knew that from the statistics that the elderly were at high risk, along with other uh, certain uh, groups. We did a parade through the retirement center and the the kids were, I don't know if we sang, or it was like a a coronation of of the children, just walking through, uh, driving through, and and it was neat to see all the, many of the older people waving and talking with one another, and just interacting that way at a distance, especially early on in the pandemic, so those are two things that that we did in Mansfield to to help uh, compensate uh, with that. Um, one, other, I have a question, and this is maybe getting a little bit more uh, deep into it. But and it, at first, this question was a little troublesome for some of us. But um, I'll start with, uh, yeah, well, start with you, Sean, since we uh, ended with you. How do you see? How did you see COVID as a blessing? And we know all the terrible things that happened with it, all the reactions. But how do you see COVID as a blessing?
2: So it was very hard to, I guess. You know, gut reaction, I wanted to say it wasn't. Um, But thinking back to when you asked us about the specifics of what we did, one thing that was really nice during that fellowship time uh, where everyone was staring at the same screen and when a family would essentially kind of give an update of what's going on. Somebody might ask a question, how have you been this week? The fact that the rest of the church got to hear that answer does not happen normally. You talk to, let's say, twenty percent, thirty percent, whatever the percentages of people that you'll talk to on any given Sunday. Um, you don't hear updates from everyone in the church. So to look back and say, "Boy, for that period of time where we couldn't meet, I actually knew for a certain subset of folks that I may not have talked to every Sunday. I actually knew more what was going on with them, and that was a reminder that we need to make an effort to say hi to more people or to ask those questions because typically you're not going to be able to uh, hear from everybody in that way. So that is, looking back, one thing that I would say was a blessing during that time.
0: Martha, you had mentioned, I remember when I sent this out, uh, you were like, blessing what? You know, how, how How is this a blessing, being traumatized with uh, some of the Canadian reaction, Canadian government reaction? Have you changed your mind? Is, is, there, is there something you could share with us?
3: It did take a while, but I <laughs> there are blessings. I, you know, the Bible tells us that um, my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. There are blessings even in the hard things, and I did notice it after a while that um, we actually got closer in our church. Those who put an effort, in, effort into it, got closer because of some of the unique things that we did like brian said we i think all of us all of our churches came up with unique things one of the most unique things that happened in our church was every year uh, there's a group of women that has a cookie exchange but when we had our cookie exchange we were only allowed to have 10 people outdoors winter christmas right (laughs) sub-zero and we decided we are going to do it anyway so we bundled up in our snowsuits and took big thermoses of hot chocolate and coffee and sat outside while the wind whipped our faces, and we traded our cookies, and one of the newer sisters in our church said, this was the most love I have ever felt. Sitting outside in that blistering cold weather as, as we did our cookie exchange. I don't know how long we lasted, Lindsay, probably half an hour, (laughs) but we did it. And that is a memory that we will have for a long time. Um, One of the other blessings for me personally, I was asked to um, have a group of 10 with some of our senior women, Um, and it ended up being a group of widows. We still meet together weekly, and we have this bond now. I feel like the newbie in the group, but I'm getting there close, <laughs> fast. So they just sharing with them, talking with them, hearing their experiences. We pray together. We sing together. We have a Bible study together. That would not have happened. And that relationship that we have now with those widows, uh, it's incredible. I just, I wouldn't give that up for anything. So I think that the, the closeness in the groups of the people who are committed to um, to reaching out to each other is definitely a blessing.
0: Thank you, Martha. Ryan?
1: Sorry about that. I have a um, pretty poor view of the whole experience, to be frank. Uh, I believe with all my heart this was an act of evil. And uh, perpetrated by stupid, careless people, perhaps. Maybe it was worse. Uh, so it was hard for me to think of it as a blessing. But I also know God is an expert at turning lemons into lemonade. And uh, I think, uh, personally, that the, ba- the biggest blessing I saw was when we got the- back together for the first time. Uh, after being, we were only shut down for about six weeks. I think we were maybe the shortest period of time uh, in the country, or maybe North America, and that was plenty of time for our people to have an incredible desire to get back together and For me, it was exciting to see that um, everybody wanted to be back together so rapidly and i 'm thankful for that, uh, but to me, the experience was an act of evil that 's the way I see it
0: thanks, Brian. Um- and the Bible says, in all things, give thanks. And that's um, years ago as I was going through something. Um, Brother Eric's dad, Paul, was one of my counselors, or he, he was a mentor to me. And I remember him at McDonald's one time sharing with me. He goes, Erwin, even in this difficulty you're going through, give thanks. And, and it didn't make sense, if, but I knew I had. And he, he said, Erwin, you just have to have faith. You just have to have faith. This is something you just got to. You have to be thankful for. However, God is working it out, and.
1: Um, I'll accept that admonition. No, no, no.
0: <laughs> I do not disagree with your with your assessment um, of of the situation at all, Brian. Um, but my brother Adrian is not in here. He might be the only Adrian. What was the benefit? Where is he? your Oh, Adrian. What was the benefit? When Q in Star Trek: The Next Generation, when he brought the Borg to meet Captain Jean-Luc Picard, he wanted them to be prepared. The Borg, for those of you who should know but don't know, <laughs> they are, and that that, it, that too can be forgiven. Um, they, they were, they're cybernetic organisms; they assimilate cultures, but they were heading for Earth. Um, that would be on the first episode of Star Trek um, uh, Far Point, episode at Far Point, one and two. So, you, you, what they did was this very powerful being brought this calamity, this uh, destructive uh, beings, aliens, to meet Earth, this vessel, so that they would know this is coming that was going to destroy the world. And then they sent him back. I say all this for humorous reasons, but also that I do believe that God gave this and the blessing that I see is this is a semi-dry run for us as a church, and a lot of which we did fail. I mean, if if we're honest with ourselves, but that's what we learn. We learn from our failures. God brought this. What were the? What were the? What was this? Was a this in many instances, especially in California, especially in Canada, where. Where you were not allowed to worship that is whether it's whether it's pandemic or whether it's anything is a form of persecution whether what we can name it something else but it is that um, in, in ohio thankfully and in west coast uh, in, in arizona brian you we weren't as affected by oppressive governors and uh premiers um but It gave us a dry run, and that, to me, how we reacted, and we're going to talk a little bit about how we go forward in the future, was a blessing. I think that we now are forced to know that this can happen. We lived for, since World War II, pretty much we were living fine. Like, I think uh, uh, it was uh, David Freund, I just listened to his sermon that he had for uh, the first camp when we didn't get together in 2020, and he mentioned through... Seven recessions through Vietnam War, through the Korean War, through Gulf War, all sorts of you know pan- other pandemics we still gathered at eastern camp you didn 't know then the next year, even in two thousand and twenty one we weren 't going to gather so this was a this really brought us uh, where we now have we can look forward to what are some things we 're going to be doing in the future so I think that 's a good thing um, some of the things that from the survey that I noticed, a lot of people started, whether, whether underground or clandestinely or whatever, started gathering together. Uh, or, you know, even if it was under groups of 10, there was a lot more of an effort to do that. And one of the benefits uh, from, we have some family that's at the sister church, at least in the Akron Church, they have a rotational potluck that it's kind of random. It's a It's generated, I believe, by a computer and every year you get a new set of families that you get together with once a month. I believe it is Doug and Maria. Once a month, quarter. once a quarter. So only four times a year. It's not onerous. It's not. That's not. That's not going to be huge. But you get together with new people that you get to know. And I think we did it organically. But what do we find happens is after the after the stressor ends, we go we start going back to normal. So maybe that's a lesson learned that each of our churches may want to start doing that, having a Formal, where those who want to participate can. Um, What I noticed was a blessing was some of the um, audiophorous issues, the issues that are of neither right nor wrong, the not moral or immoral issues, began to fall by the wayside. We in Mansfield, one of the things that we started doing was we've shrunken in size uh, through various reasons, and we had room to the church to sit with families. Now, before the pandemic, we were maybe... Uh, 70% segregated seating or so. We still, for 30, 40 years, and Brian, even when you were there before that, we, were, we had the, the large section of the back was still in the balcony where we, sit, we sat uh, as families or whoever would want. But here, it was like even those that were more adamant or more strong and sitting uh, segregated sat together. So it really showed what were the issues that were of, of paramount of import and what were the issues that were not? And it really, that showed that. Um, and that we could say this was important. Worshiping was more important than some of our lesser issues. Um, the one thing that I also saw was it was beautiful to see when we wanted to get back together for singing, for church, for eating uh, lunch together. Uh, there might have been at some point, you know, with us in leadership, there might have been some resistance or we were wanting to be cautious. But it was nice to see a group that would come to us, that was diverse, that would, they were, some were liberal wars, some were conservative, but they were unified in the important issues of, we want to get together to worship. We want to get together to fellowship, because at our church, Sunday morning, after Sunday morning service, we get together downstairs, and we, and it's a wonderful time of fellowship that we missed for about a year. So it was so neat, and for singing, too, to see some of these divergent groups. And I, I say divergent just to give us some understanding. We all worship together. We love each other. But it was neat to see those things put aside for the betterment of the church. There was a unity that I hadn't seen uh, in, in a long time. So that, from uh, the perspective of Mansfield, was, was, some, was something special. Um, any, other, any other comments that anybody would like to share? Brian, since I uh, filibustered there for a while, is there something in you as a, the sole elder on this panel here and as in leadership, um, is there something that when you look back on maybe the results of the survey, um, is there something that you see that you maybe individually could have done better or that you would have done differently? Um, knowing what you know now, or knowing what the sentiments of your own church are, if there's some retrospective?
1: Yeah. That's an excellent question, and uh, I was wondering whether it might come to this particular discussion. I found out the hard way how visceral some of the issues that COVID brought up could be. Uh, I was surprised – in a negative way, unfortunately, that in some ways we weren't as unified as I had hoped that we might be. Um, I was in an awkward situation as it relates to an issue that we were trying to address in our church, and that was that I was hoping to find uh, an elder replacement for myself as I'm, (laughs) I think I'm in retirement age (laughs) Uh, but, maybe the Lord and the church doesn 't agree at the moment, uh, but we were in a situation where we were kind of in the middle of trying to find assistant elders in our church, and I recognized that this would be a highly sensitive issue as am I doing something wrong? Is that hold it closer okay uh, I was concerned that in the middle of a process of trying to find assistant elders inside the North Phoenix Church, I didn't want them, those candidates, to be found making decisions over COVID that could affect negatively the view that the church might have on their leadership. So I took it upon myself, and I told the church this, that I would assume all responsibility for decisions coming out of the leadership as it relates to COVID, because I didn't want them to be adversely affected by the decisions I knew we were going to have to make. I told the church at one point that I know that I will offend every single one of you before this is over. No one will agree with my decisions eventually. And that was almost true, (laughs) But I also let the church know that if I was able to do that offend everyone that I probably drove the boat right down the middle and I don't know that I succeeded in that, but I do know I offended almost everyone um, the the part of this process that was really disappointing to me was uh, I would like to th- I would like to think that as leaders in the time of crisis that the church would follow. And by and large, the vast majority of the church did follow. And I'm very thankful for all of that uh, because it was it was helpful at that level. But what I did find is when I was opposed, I was opposed in a very strong manner. And that was very disappointing. It came to the point where I needed to change the structure of how I was managing through the process. And I literally went to the trustees and required them at one point to take over all COVID-related issues, whether the church functions or does not function, whether it's open or is not open. If we close, when we close, and if we close, when we open. And the necessity of that was driven by I could not continue to allow the opposition that I was feeling to create a distance between me and the church, even if it was was just a few. I couldn't allow that on a spiritual level to continue. Now, all of that has been mended. Don't worry about that. But what I am saying, I found it necessary to change the management of the church over COVID at a particular point, and I literally had to wash my hands of all COVID-related issues. I could not continue to allow A division to occur between me and the fellowship over COVID. Had to change.
0: Thank you. Um, This slide uh, shows, so I'm going to use one of the results of the survey maybe to give from a Mansfield perspective um, in leadership with our ministers and brothers Walter and Eric. Did your church leaders reach out during the pandemic? Um, so down here on this side right here, it says, of the 112 respondents that were reached out to by the church leaders, only eight felt neglected. Respondents were four times more likely to feel neglected if no one in leadership reached out. One of the things that I learned from this, and I think, you know, take back, uh, I haven't res- I sent these uh, results. This is the first time. I know Brother Eric is here, that um, is seeing this. I don't know if Walter's here, Brother Walter. Um, but basically, as a, as a church, we had eight ministers at that time, and I think the idea that we had in our discussions, because we kind of discussed it, was that with eight ministers, we have families. We are we're all a little bit different, and the, the tentacles would spread out, and we would reach we reach enough. And I think what we found, and one thing that I would have learned from this is in the future that there, there needs to be some sort of systematic way that the, the membership is feeling touched by one of the local leaders at some point personally. Um, we could have done that. We should have done that. And that's something we can learn from. And that's, this is what this is for. Uh, none of us expected this to happen in this way at this time. Otherwise, we probably would have been better prepared. Um, but that, from, uh, from a leadership perspective, from what, happened in, from what happened in Mansfield, I think that's something where we could have uh, – I think that's a significant statistic. Um, in discussing this, though, um, I think, Martha, you had mentioned what are your thoughts about, like, how – is it solely and how the leadership's responsibility, or how, how would this how do you see this happening?
3: So what I noticed is uh, when I went through this the survey. The people who said that they um, the people who said that the church acted appropriately are the ones who also said, "I reached out," or "I did this," or "This is what our family did." And it seemed like the ones who actively were involved in touching other people's lives were the ones that were most content and, and were most willing to do something else. So my thought on this is I'm the only one up here that's not in leadership. I don't think, I, I feel sorry for all of you brothers. You had a, um, a weight on your shoulders that the majority of us did not have. You had to carry weights of decisions and making people happy and don't step on toes and follow government or don't follow government. And it was not easy for you guys. Uh, Sorry for you brothers. (laughs) But it should not all be on your shoulders. I feel like we should have a responsibility. Uh, Those of us who are not in leadership make up the majority of our church body. And I think that it's so important going forward that even though it does mean a lot to have our leadership reach out to us, we shouldn't be so needy and weak that the only way we can move forward is if we are touched by one of you. We need to carry that that weight for you as well. Thank you.
0: Brian, what did you when we were speaking about this, you had mentioned something about you you were giving a counterpoint to that, but uh as as, a spiritual, as the leader of the church with that and reaching out to people how would, how would you implement that in North Phoenix as far as be able to reach all the members obviously you as one even though you are retired and are able to do that I encourage you to continue being retired that you're able to do this <laughs> but what, how would you be able to do that
1: well let's what it should be obvious to all of us is that um, none of us are paid uh, every single one of us is reliant upon our careers for the benefit of our families. The biblical model is otherwise, brothers and sisters. The biblical model is not what we're doing. Uh, Let's let's be frank about that. But we are what we are, and our culture is not going to change easily, if ever. And therefore, we need to be... Uh, good managers for one thing and i think in our case one of the things that is obvious to me is that we need to use moses's model in that we divide ourselves up amongst the group and then we'll subdivide those leaders amongst other members such that we have a very effective uh, spider web effect and that we can touch all of our members without me touching them all but as many people as are involved in overseeing a group of members, making sure that everybody uh, gets the communication and the, the touch that they need. You know, we live in a high-touch environment. By that I mean, uh, as, as apostolic Christians, we're very close to each other. We love each other. We, we embrace each other. And to be absent from that is very hard And what is even harder is having that high touch without seeing each other, without being able to embrace each other. And that makes it that much more challenging because we are so close. A business environment is completely different from you and I and how we interact with each each other, right? And when that is all of a sudden severed by COVID or whatever the next catastrophe might be, uh, I I can empathize with those who feel I just wasn't, wasn't in touch enough. I understand that because, quite frankly, I felt isolated myself in, in a lot of ways. Uh, so we can all, in every one of our churches, establish what I would call a, a spider web kind of apparatus that uh, I will communicate with so many that I have responsibility for, each one of